0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Fasig. This podcast is brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. Go on by NutriShop Franklin for all your personal needs. You need supplements? They got it. You need your protein? They got it. You need a pick-me-up? need to drink-a-bang? They got it. So go check them out in Franklin, in the Cool Springs area. When you stop in and you see Kyle, say, hey, Jacob said, you got some good stuff here. I'll tell you, you won't be disappointed because they have unrivaled customer service. So go check them out and tell them you heard about them and the Barbell Voodoo podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Works. It's locally owned meal prep kitchen with a passion for paleo. They make it easy for people to have the nutrition they need when they need it. They deliver weekly menus of heat-and-eat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items for those of you counting macros, as well as a variety of side items that can be added to your order. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed, all-natural and hormone-free chicken, beef, and pork. They have pickup locations all over the place to make it easy for you to pick up your meals, and they also have delivery options around Nashville area for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make nutrition the easiest part of your day hey thanks again for listening to the barbell voodoo podcast go check out the uh, website at barbell-voodoo.com for all your awesome apparel needs and also check out barbell voodoo private label we just want to be a part of anything you're doing and anything you need printed that's the place to have it done in the meantime enjoy the podcast all right thanks for tuning in today hey uh this is a re-release so the audio when we first recorded this was really bad and luckily we had a videographer there um and she was able to capture the audio and so i wanted to re-release this today so that it is better audio that you can listen to to hear michael mills and his story it's fantastic and um i think uh we've sorted out um upgraded some equipment so hopefully that will never happen again and uh won't have to use uh mayhem's equipment but have to you know bring my own and be able to accommodate more people so that's a good thing pretty exciting stuff on the barbell voodoo podcast but here is uh michael mills again Uh, i'd love for you to take the opportunity let's do it i hope you enjoy it and i'll see you next time guys remember back that back, Annette McNamara was on the podcast talking about her beautiful strength campaign, and so she's launching this nonprofit, profit and uh, she's going to go around the country slash world, uh, I mean, yeah, you're really, you're international once you cross over into Canada, and I believe you can do that, <laughs> or, I guess, so, um, anyways, but she is here, uh, we are doing a podcast together here in Cookville, Tennessee, at uh, this little gym called Mayhem. Very small. Yeah. Small. Pretty incredible place. But um, before you uh, jump to any conclusions about Rich Froning, and I mean, you've heard every story from him and stuff, we're not talking to Rich Froning, okay? Um, he might intro this podcast, but he is not the one we're interviewing today. We're actually interviewing somebody that's got a better story, a more fantastic, uh, uh, you know, life than, than he does. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, uh, but we're here joined today with uh, Michael Mills. You say hi. Good morning, good afternoon, salutations. Yeah, shakes and hand grenades. You never know. Yeah, nope. you never know when people—they could be throwing hand grenades right now. Yeah. While well, this is,
1: yeah We've been introing this podcast for like the last hour, so it might be like dark outside by Are you now. trying to say my podcast intro was long? I, I had to cover
0: all the bases.
1: <laughs> you gotta start some messages. Yeah. Messy's <laughs>
0: <down>. <laughs> um So the cool thing is, just you know, this this is not. Um, necessarily a you know video podcast generally but we are in the place where another podcast is made so this is kind of a triple podcast if you want to think of it there's there's going to be a beautiful strength podcast there's going to be a barbell voodoo podcast but we're also in the place of fronting influence podcast correct yeah so it's basically a triple
1: i'm absorbing all that extra like energy and like i don't know I feel like I can get back into CrossFit now. The mayhem Yeah. Do you have the mayhem mindset right now? I do. Just want to go out and like do some rainbows or some things do.
0: that I can't do. I have to now pay a couple thousand dollars for just saying that word now. Probably I probably not say Happy to do that. It's fine. Okay. All right. So, Michael, so how, how we came to be connected was uh, we were competing both at uh, Battle of this last summer. Um, at, at Vanderbilt University, and you were you were there. And, um, at, funny enough, Annette came up and was like, Hey, who is that guy? And I was like, I don't Well, know. I have
1: to admit, um, I kind of stopped you. I was only there the first day. I didn't. This is super creepy. Please,
0: it. please go ahead and tell us.
1: No, why, so <laughs> here afterwards. no, but <laughs> I saw you from a distance. I brought my camera that day, it's not in the bad, don't tell anybody that, but um, brought my camera and like. But, but you yes. had my past. So I did. I a had a past, past. That's true. Yeah. I just came in the back door <laughs> and I didn't know that. But from a distance, I saw you um, doing jump ropes. Yep. We'll
2: split and I was just like,
1: oh my god, that guy looks awesome. But I also, doing the project that I do, it's kind of weird because I can see a lot of things that are different from people from just seeing them. Sure. And I didn't want to weird you out, and I didn't want to offend you, and I didn't want to be like, yo dude, you look kind of awesome, gonna take the picture, because that's kind of creepy. So anyway, I like I took your picture from a distance when you were doing that with your um, ropes, and then I went somewhere else and came back and we were talking to somebody, and then I went somewhere else again, and you we were gone. And so that <laughs> night I got home, and I was I was not planning on going back oh, yeah, so I got
2: to message, message. yeah,
1: And I was like, I don't know who this guy is, but he's really cool. Well, you had a name tag on? So I like zoomed in on the name tag. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. <laughs> and it said your name. So then I like looked your name up on Instagram, and that's Found you. And that's how I um sent you a message. So but if I are. wouldn't have done that, this be would record. not have happened, yeah. and I wouldn't have known how awesome you are.
0: So thank you. So and then before we move forward, remind us about Beautiful Strength.
1: Well, Beautiful Strength is a um photo project where I take pictures of all different kinds of people, all different walks of people, all different lifestyles, people who are really resilient and who I just really feel are total badasses. And um You definitely had that essence. um, Badassery. Badassery-ness. But I photographed over about 200 people. It's just, they just had a year, um, September 16th, so Mm -hmm. like two days ago, three days ago, or whatever. Um, But yeah, and then I just bought a school bus that I'm converting to take around the United States next year. So you will get to be the very first person, well, technically the third person to ride in the school bus, but first person. In a wheelchair. In a wheelchair. Wow. Oh.
2: Wow. <laughs> it's, it's all made. Yeah.
1: It's pretty cool. Um, all
0: right. So, as, as our tradition goes in this podcast, we do, um, we, we like to hear people's stories. Uh, the You know, for, for me, it's where we find inspiration, where we find hope and, and moving forward because we're all on, on this journey. And, and our journeys are, are different, and, and how we journey is different, and how we've gotten to this journey is different. Um, and so, I always find hope and strength in other people's stories and so um, I, I would love to hear yours and share sure. that with, with our listening audience.
2: Well I guess like I said that i have to count it back real quick I am actually, actually paralyzed. Uh, um, what? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, I'm uh, embarrassed to you a little ago you know, you said you made a comment about something and I was yeah. you know, I would like to stand in the photo and you're just kinda
1: Well I think
2: I was the one who said you I know think your face got whether or not they, they stand or
1: sit and you're like, I would like to stand I was like <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was just it was it was too easy it yeah. was one of those things that I was like I'm going to play it up as much as I can with you um, <laughs> but no uh, all jokes aside I was I've um, been paralyzed since I was 16 years old made uh, the second in 93 it's been 26 years now um, I was hit, hit on by a drunk driver and um, I was probably about 3 miles from home when I got hit and um Without going into all the detail of what, you know, the, the crash, I guess, basically, I was just got off of work, uh, hung out with my best friend for about an hour or so. He tried to get me to spend the night, and get up the next morning, go to Memphis, to Tennessee, and go skate. And, um, well, actually, backtrack a little bit. Before I got paralyzed, I was actually an avid skater. I was a skateboarder. I was your skater, dude. I had a little flipping hair thing. I had all <laughs> uh, the big baggy pants back in the 90s, you know, and the big double X, large t-shirts, and I was like a toothpick. Some jacos? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, back in the day, that's where you were. Um, but that was a style back then, you know. Now it's all the jeans and stuff like that. But back then, it was the baggier, the better. And um, as I got off work, I was flipping burgers at Sonic. That's what I, what I did, you know. My, my dad raised me to have a job. So no matter what I did, growing up in school, I had a job. I remember my first job when I was 13 years old. So I had that responsibility as a teenager of work. <laughs> Excuse me. But... Um, I just got off to work, like I said, with my, my, my friend's house, hung out him for a bit, and I was all from way home. And uh, around 12 a.m., I was coming around the curb, and I was about, like I said, about three miles away from home, and uh, he hit me head on. Mm-hmm. They said from the car wreck and the of the accident that I saw him. I don't remember anything from, my, from that time I woke up from my coma went back. I don't remember any of my childhood. I don't remember... Growing up, I don't remember my mom and dad. Like, real stories of my own personal stories, I don't remember. How long were you in the coma? Two weeks. Wow. Uh, they told my parents if I, if I came out of, if I survived my surgeries, uh, I'd be in a coma for the rest of my life. Uh, I probably would never wake up. I had a uh, aorta, that's main heart that goes to your heart, was severed. Mm-hmm. So, usually within about 10 to 13, 14 seconds, that's it, you're done. And I was alive for six hours before they realized what was oh, wrong. And so there was a piece of fat—I mean, a piece of fatty tissue that was around the or that was severed. Which medically, it's not supposed to be. That like they said it's just they—they've they've never seen a case to where a piece of fatty tissue was around the exact same spot that it was severed. Wow. So what? A, yeah. So I mean, I'm I so always—you know—always you know people ask me if anybody you know with you when you had your core? I guess, no, He got to help and watch that. <laughs> you know, I said got out watched that wreck. He just he was there to make sure I was all right, but uh um, but yeah, it was it was one of those things to where they told my parents like, you know, I guess speed up a little bit. They told my parents after the crash and all the damage and everything was done, that they had to send me to the local hospital where I'm from in, in Mississippi. They couldn't do anything. I was too far damaged for them to fix me there. So they had to airlift me from my hometown hospital to an hour and a half away. I got there to that hospital seven and a half hours after the crash, like seven thirty in the morning. We can't fix him here either. So we gotta air him air him again back to the major hospital in Mississippi. So they got three quarters away the there and the weather had gotten bad by this time about 9 30 in the morning and realized that the, that they couldn't get high enough in the helicopter to get away from the weather so they dropped down the middle of the highway. <laughs> met met my met me when, met the helicopter met an ambulance on the middle of the highway. What? So that's from
1: the helicopter. You're out this whole I've time. Gone, I'm,
2: I'm gone. I'm, in a, yeah. I'm already out. Of, they've got me associated. I don't know all this. Mm-hmm. And so they're keeping me blood putting in me. I'm pushing blood out the entire time. By the time I leave the hospital, the second hospital, they know what's wrong. They just can't fix me. So like I said, they stop in the middle of the highway, touchdown in the middle of the highway, going towards Tupelo, Mississippi, where I'm, in the area where they were sending me to. And uh must be there. This time, my parents are having to go back and forth and drive back two and a half hours away. Yeah. So they get there. They have me prepped for surgery. They go in and start the surgery. I had a uh, compound fracture in my left fever. Uh, that was at the least of their concern. The most concern was the uh, the heart. Shoulders broke. My face was severely damaged. I had a bunch of broken bones in my face. And like their main concern was just to fix my heart. If they could fix that... If I survived that surgery, they would worry about that stuff later. 13 and a half hours later, I'm out of all my surgeries. Then it was like only time would tell. Um, they told my parents, you know, because of the surgeries, and they obviously knew that I was had a spinal, spinal cord injury because of the car wreck. They didn't know how severe it was. Mm-hmm. They didn't know that I was going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life until they actually, actually finished my open heart surgery.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So when they went in um, to cut me open, to get to my heart, my aortic exploded. And I had just enough time to clamp it to do that. But when that exploded, it finished my spinal cord. I lost, they, they called it kind of like a stroke to your spinal cord. You lose all the blood flow and air supply to your spinal cord, which is like a stroke. So yeah. my spinal cord is still intact. I just don't have my motor nerves. I have some of my, I have some of my motor, but almost, almost all of my sensory nerves. So I feel mm-hmm. my legs. I feel like they're asleep, twenty four seven. That tingly kind of. Really. Yeah. yeah. So they they like if I move my foot like now it's yeah. like that tingle, but I've gotten used to it over twenty six years. Sure. So if I bump it, oh, that's that feeling again. You know, uh-huh. when I bump that foot and it, it, it runs up and down your back. That's what it feels like all the time. No kidding. So it's it's I've gotten used to it over the years, so it's normal for me. Yeah. But. Let me just go to sleep, and that's what mine feel like. So it's kind of a, it's a unique, weird because not every spinal cord is the same. It's kind of a fingerprint. Nobody that has a spinal injury is exactly the same. They're all different in levels. They're different in their abilities. They're difference in their, um, their their sensories. Like mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Well, I have about eighty-five to ninety percent feeling. A lot of the guys and girls don't have that at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm considered cursed. To a lot of the paralyzed community, because I have a feeling with my So I look at it as a plus because I have a feeling. I can tell. I can tell if I hurt myself. I can tell if the water's too hot if I get in the bathtub or, or other things in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, you know, you have you have those things where I have friends that just don't, and I can't. Me personally, I can't imagine what that would feel like. Um, but after the car crash. The surgeries, they're like, you know what, he's going to make it. So you don't know how long it's going to be before he wakes up from his They said, you know, it'd be maybe six months to a year if I woke up. So, so is this yeah. a medical induced coma? Uh, no, I okay. am from the car crash. It was, it was a head injury. Yeah. Okay. And um, so sometimes I'll, and I and I don't realize I do it, but sometimes I catch myself going back, and it's I don't know if it's nervousness or if it's just a, my memory catching a thought that I thought I had to say it in the second. <laughs> that happens. Gotcha. So I yeah. No, you're fine. Um, I do that way. Okay. I don't exactly. feel so bad. <laughs> but um, I wake up from a coma, and the first thing I, I, that I can remember in 93 was being disembodied. <laughs> <laughs> My parents had MTV on I see. room. That was just because they knew this what I watched. They mm-hmm. to have the doctor say, like, hey, have something on. If he does come to, or if there's some kind of sound can get into his mind, that's what he'll remember. Yeah. Well, when I woke up, the first thing I remember seeing is, you know, me You know, that was the first thing that I remember. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's a joke around the house that my brother will do that, walk around the house doing that. And it's just, you remember this? And he'll do that. Yeah, um, we just put out a shirt that recently in <laughs> Beavis and Buttonhead. No. Or Belvedere, you know? <laughs> get I wish I knew that story ahead of time. <laughs> but, so I wake up from my coma, and that's what I remember. That's my very first thought. Mm-hmm. Was, be with somebody and did together, you wake up uh, <laughs> no I, I woke up and, and I was you know obviously I was in all kind of straps and stuff and I, yeah. the first thing I remember doing after seeing a bright light and seeing the actual cartoon is pulling and throwing and pulling the teeth out of my face yeah, so, oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And so I have um, two scars on the left side where my surgery was where I had ports for life support so I pulled, was pulling out the training and I was pulling out I can't I. Oh, no. And so as I saw him pulling out, I uh, started, just because I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know what's going on. I'm waking up in, in a place that I didn't know where I was. So I had no clue that I was never going to walk again when this is happening. I just wake up, and I'm in a panic. And the nurse comes in, and as she's coming in, I just cold cock her. I was not oh, completely out. Oh, I mean, no. Clear it, she comes over, it, and I swing. That's someone coming in. I had no clue what was going on. So she falls to the ground out cold. They rushed my dad and said, Your son's awake, we need you now. And he's, he's flailing the cannon with him. My dad was part of the military. So he comes in, soldier, cease and desist. Yes, sir. And that was it. And I wake up, and that's kind of how my life started over again. Goodness. And so, <laughs> of, so yeah, but after that, it was kind of one of those things it was, oh my God, what just happened? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, after all the, the, the panic, stricken, the, the flaming, the, the grabbing the cords, pulling things out, then reality would hit me. And it was, why can't I feel my legs? What's, what's going on? Um, why can't I use them? Why, what is it? Why am swat? Where am I at? And uh, it was, I was in the ICU for two and a half weeks. I woke up from my coma two weeks after my wreck. I spent four more days in ICU, got out of ICU, was into a regular room. And uh, I think my biggest reality was, was when my, I was, <laughs> I was sitting in the, um, lay in the room, it was probably about 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, my mom was on the little couch bed asleep, my dad was in the recliner. And um, I kind of, was kind of whimpering, you know, kind of like, oh, I don't know what was me, kind of type thing. And um, dad's like, what's wrong? I'm going to be paralyzed first in the He's like, yeah. And that was exactly the way he said it. it was like, yeah. Like, what do you mean, yeah? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you don't remember two weeks before you had your car wreck. You and I got into a big, out, big knockout drag-out fight. I hauled off and popped my dad. I thought I was going to be drunk. 16 years old. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, dad and I got into a big argument, and I hauled off and popped my dad said, if you're a bigger man, let's do it again. Well, I went to the second time, he swung. I'm going to, go to my room, bud. <laughs> so, after I got popped and rolled in my jaw, and I down my nose, and I went to my room. But we, shortly after that, we kind of went outside and we were talking. and He wanted to know what, what, what was wrong. Why was I acting the way I was acting? And I told him, I said, I want to be different than anybody else. I don't want to be the cookie cutter teenager that I have at my school. I don't want to be the jock. I don't want to be the football player. I don't want to be the bandit. I don't want to be the geek. I don't want to be the nerd I just want to be different. Mm-hmm. He said, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, two and a half weeks later, I'm laying in a hospital bed trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life now, And I'm paralyzed. Same this is not what I was talking <laughs> about. No, exactly. So, <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm laying there, and Dad's like, you asked for this. I'm like, no, I didn't. And your dad seems like a super blunt way. <laughs> yeah. I believe me, my kids know I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, but he said, You asked for this. I said, No, I didn't. I didn't ask to be a cripple. I said, You you didn't. You just asked for it to be this standpoint. You asked to be different than anybody else. Who else do you know that's paralyzed now? <laughs> no clue. And but that was just the way that my dad growing up was the mentality, you know, the old when your parents spanked you. Is he going to hurt me where it's going to hurt you no it's not my dad my dad's like this is going to hurt you I'm going to feel fine when I get done mm-hmm. you know I'm going to get the beating. he's not getting the bidding I'm getting the meeting but that was just the way dad was and still is to this day but it was kind of a hard pill for me to swallow right off the bat thinking that this is something that I asked for mm-hmm. and I did ask to be different I didn't ask to be this different but it was one of those things to where when dad's like, this is something you, you ask for, you didn't you know, when you ask for things like this from above, you, you don't, you can't be, sometimes it's not specific. It's going to go however they want it. He wants it to go. And whatever that is, whatever you get to, you get to play with, you know, so it's the card that you're dealt with. It's, it's the, it's, it is what it is. And, um, so I kind of accepted it right off the bat, but dad told me laying in the hospital bed and, um, we're sitting there, and it's like I said, it's it's three o'clock in the morning, just me and him I was awake, and we're talking. And um, he told me this, and, I, and I've lived my life this way ever since. And I don't think I've ever told either one of you this at all. Um, and I and I, it's, it's, it would be a good shirt. But Ed told me he said life's like a shit sandwich. More bread you have, less shit you got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. Okay. All right. Man. Yeah. and, and, and as, as gross as it sounds the more bread you have the less crap you gotta deal with hmm. and I have lived my life like that from June of 93 everyday since I've had bad days I just put bread on top of it okay. you know, and it's one of those things that I've that, that I learned real quick okay. that I, if I could make a choice to wake up mm-hmm. to be in a good mood my no matter what yeah. my day would go through the rest of the day, I still have a choice to make that a good day, yeah. And that was kind of like your your crap sandwich, mm-hmm. that was just kind of the way that my dad looked at it for me to look, to, to look at to live by. And it's worked. And there are days I have good days, there are days I have bad days, but just the days I have bad days, I got a lot of red. Yeah. Cards. <laughs> lot of, lot of people, and people underestimate.
0: Me you know kind of mindset things like you know you could have a good day you could decide to have a good day we have this conversation with my girls every morning when i wake up and, and you know they can go this is going to be a bad day and you're like yeah it yeah. probably will be you know um
2: because you decide it's going to be already and when you, you wake up i mean when number one you just want to battle you woke up mm-hmm. some people wake up dead mm-hmm. you know i always tell you know people come in my office a lot when you in uh, my career is when they come in they're pissed and they're pissing vinegar and they're mad and I was like, you woke up this morning, you're already winning a battle. Mm-hmm. I said, somebody woke up this morning dead. Looking like, how did they wake up dead? Exactly. <laughs> so I mean you think about it, you know, some people did not wake up this morning. So you've already started winning that war of whatever you're going through that day. Mm-hmm. You know, you woke up, you're breathing, you're moving, you've already won your day. Mm-hmm. Now it's just for you to capitalize on that win. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to to do everything that I do with that mindset, with that movement, with that thought process, with that encouragement even for myself. Because, I mean, there's days I wake up, I just don't want to do this today. Mm-hmm. But I woke up, so I was given a gift to wake up. And so I might as well go ahead and use that rest of that day as a gift. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah.
1: No, that's great. I mean, and that translates into all kinds pause. of things that you're doing. Pause one second. I got it. Like it just makes getting... me...
2: Did you stop it? Yeah,
1: yeah, Oh, I was. You should have just kept going and just it. I was like, it? like, huh? Why? Okay, oh. but I just have some questions. Sorry. I'm going to go ahead
0: and
1: say it. This is awesome. There's a the person holding an iPad up to take a picture. Yeah. Every wedding.
0: Day. <laughs> it's always so to know. Yeah. Every uh, school assembly that there is. I've suddenly think about, like, tons of Echo. Um, and it definitely has to do with how close you get to the microphone. Um, oh, so,
1: uh, sorry. Let me get close up.
0: But, uh, yeah, at every school function, there is this one family that has, like, the biggest iPad you could buy. And with a sleeve, dangling from it. And they're, like, holding it up. And you're, like, you're blocking the four rows behind you.
1: That's how bad. I've gotten people who get in the aisle in front of the first oh, kiss. And I'm like, that is my only shot.
0: You are terrible. You people. That's terrible. That's me. Okay. So so do you hear the difference in my voice as I get closer? And closer? I cannot
1: get closer to this microphone than I am right now. You sound good right there. Wait, was there some hot crossroads on this microphone before? Or is this your This is my microphone, yeah. yeah. So well, yes. there probably was. Okay. You got
2: <laughs> All right, want want to do some things more? What was this? Yeah, that was it. And I don't even know what that is. That was a Saturday at Monte Carlo. <laughs> I will take your word for it. You sent me those through Instagram too, I think.
1: Yeah. I think so. I I I know I've seen them because I wanted to have that in too. You probably stole most of them. No, you sent it to me.
0: All right. Um, so I know that you have three kids. You uh, house in Florida. Mm-hmm. This is all stuff that you told me, though. So, yeah. <laughs> so the, you know, this directly correlates. Like, so I was thinking about this this week, actually. You were talking about your mindset. And um, I was lifting yesterday. I was, had a couple hours in the gym between classes. And uh, I was lifting. And there was, there was at one point I was addressing the bar and I automatically, was already starting to get in the mindset of like, this is too heavy. It's not to my max, but I'd already told myself subconsciously so that it was too heavy. And, and I think that happens a lot of times in life when every aspect, whether it's lifting, CrossFit, or whatever, like how you approach things, how you come into that um, scenario
2: will drastically outcome, um, drastically affect the outcome in terms of how you get to it. Yeah, and it the affects people know, around you too. Walking that's- through mud. Yeah, and that's the big thing. It's, it's you know, it's like with me with having, you know, a, a family, a wife and three kids. I mean, I, I make, if I wake up pissing vinegar, how's everybody back around me? They're going to mug on eggshells. Mm-hmm. They're going to be afraid to say something. Dad's mad again. You. you know, and then dad's having a blimey day. You know, they don't want to fool with me. They don't want to have anything to do with me on that day. So do you have those days? <laughs> Every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, they're few and far between. Usually it's, it's, there's very few things that I, that I cannot do mm-hmm. um, I usually find a way to adapt to make things work but there's, there's some things in my life that I have to accept being paralyzed that I just cannot do mm-hmm. those are the things that really hurt me um, like what hurt you how? Like what, inside, inside yeah. knowing that because of what happened to me that somebody has to suffer because that mm-hmm. um teaching my daughter how to ride a bicycle. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to hold her. I can't run with her. Mm-hmm. I can't hold on to her so well, my 18-year-old would do that. Mm-hmm. That was hard for me to swallow. I'm glad he was there to do it. Well, how did he do it then? He ran with it. He no, I mean before. How did he learn how to do that? Someone else helped him. Okay. So, I mean, it was uh, his biological father did. Okay. Um, He is my stepson but I call him my own kid and he's sure. steps. But, uh, yeah, how well, would but those things that way. Um, yeah. even when I'm at the store, mm-hmm. like if I have my six-year-old with me, that's my extra height. I'll pick him up with my arms and I heal I hold him up. <laughs> <laughs> We're in the grocery store you see a guy in the holding a six-year-old up in the air, he gets up my yeah you know and so it's a, it's a ground overhead move. Mm-hmm. Um, but know we, we figure those things out together, but when there's things of, changing the light bulb in the house, or not being able to um, put any battery in the smoke alarm in the house, things like that, that's trivial, that I have to ask somebody to do, bothers me, mm-hmm. because I can't figure out how to do it alone. Mm-hmm. So I have to accept the responsibility, or accept the fact that I can't do it, yeah. and that mm-hmm. hurts, um, because I've, I've always been, I do it myself, I figure it out, Whether there's a will, there's a way. Some things you just can't. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, those things are what hurt. And, mm-hmm. I, and it, it doesn't hurt physically, it hurts emotionally because I know that there's a dependency when that comes in. Mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. got to ask somebody to do it. I don't mind asking for help when I need it, but to have them swallow that and to say, okay, now i am going to have someone help. So, how did high school change for you? Like,
0: you were, what, a junior when this happened? Yeah, 16, I was. Uh, and
2: you started a senior year to finish up. So I was actually oh, that's well, I went to see there twice. Okay, that was fun. Cause like you,
0: have, you kind of have a fresh start when you go yeah. after after high school. You can kind of be somebody different, and you're just who you are. Yeah. But you had that had that transitional time.
2: Yeah, it was um uh, it was really sure interesting because I had my wreck the last month of my junior year in high school. Hmm. I lost all my credits. No. Nah. Yeah. I didn't finish school. Yeah. So I lost my credit. The all the students in my school signed a petition. The sure. County board to let me go and be a senior, but I was family you know, like, anyway, so it really didn't matter. I was I was that I was that kid that had his head down in classroom Mr. must you go to your way. Nope. Pass today? Nope. I didn't care. I just I yeah. was that kid. But the kid that would pop his head. The, yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. The kid that, I was that typical I was that typical skateboarder that didn't care, that thought go live in a van down by the river. You know, That's my goal. You know, that was a <laughs> different kind of van down by the river. I was that kid. Sure. Um, so, I, I, you know, and I always go back to when, I, when I'm talking to students or when I'm talking to people about my life, I think in, in my heart of hearts, I feel the already happened for that reason. Mm-hmm. It, was, um, it was a wake-up call. It was a, I, I feel personally we're destined for something, no matter what we all think it is. Um, I think we all have a why. That why might be that a one person. That why that why might be a podcast. That why might be getting in a bus and traveling the United States. Um, we all have a why. We don't know what that why is. And I think my, for me, I think getting in this car wreck, being becoming a, a paraplegic, becoming um, actually passing school was was my first my first goal. Um, because I knew I couldn't work in a furniture factory, being a butcher. I just knew I couldn't. I tried it. That's, that's another story, too. Um, I blew a tire every time I turned around. Staples. Um, oh, uh, yeah. Like, when I was blowing tires My dad's like, you've got to get a new job. I never thought of that. Uh, <laughs> about. that. Oh, I bad not it either. But, you know. <laughs> <we keep> job. <laughs> your job isn't paying for your tires. Like, exactly. How are we for those costs? But it, but it was one of those things to where. When I got paralyzed, it was a, a reality that I had to change some things of what I, where I was. Mm. You know, when we go through a loss of a job, a divorce, or, or things like that, it's, it's a reset. Like you were talking about, mm. it is a reset because I was a typical teenager didn't care about life. I didn't care. I, didn't, I thought the world owed me something. But mm. when I woke up, I realized the world gave me something I didn't ask for. Mm. And the world's like, ha! Ah, play with this for now, I want you. And... So it was a, it was a, and i always like challenges. So when, I, God, yeah. <laughs> so when I came, my dad said, you know, you asked for this. So this is, mm-hmm. this is your way of, of now you have a choice to run with this, so to speak, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, part of my family thought I should put a shawl on my legs and twiddle my thumbs for the rest of my life and, and be mm-hmm. a vegetable. I, I just, I wasn't built that way. I wasn't yeah. built that way as a kid and I wasn't built that way right after my injury. So I immediately... I started trying to figure out things, trying to figure out what I could do and, and to make things work for home. Um, my dad, like I said, was instrumental in me being who I am today because he didn't code anything, he didn't make the house accessible. Uh, to this day, all the dishes at my mom and dad's home were up high. Mm-hmm. I had to literally pick myself up onto the counter, grab my dishes, get back into my chair, do what I had to do because dad said, Why should I change for you? The world's not going to change for you, so why should I? Mm -hmm. And that was another thing that kind of stuck in my mind with him was because if I've got to learn to adapt to what's around me. Mm -hmm. You're not going to adapt to me. Mm -hmm. I've got to figure out how to make things work because there's only one of me in the shape that I'm in, and there's thousands of other people that are walking normally. Mm -hmm. So it's just like here, the, the camp, Rich is not going to set a program up for... 30 people to work out with just because I can't do that workout. Right. So I've got to figure out a way to make it work for me while I'm here around to people. Life is the same way. Mm. So if I go to a restaurant that's not, quote, handicap accessible, but I still want to eat there, food's great. I want to get in there or mm-hmm. And it's just, i got to figure out a way to get in. Yeah. And that's just kind of the way that my dad made things work at home. I broke a lot of dishes. <laughs> I broke a lot of dishes. And to this day, at my house, my own personal home is a two story house. It's not accessible. Mm. I have a little ramp going from the front door to the back door, but that's it. Yeah. All my dishes are up high, like everybody else's dishes. If I want them, I gotta get them. I've broken quite a few dishes. <laughs> my wife's like, okay, time to get your dishes.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so what happened after high school? What, what did you do? Um, did you go into the,
2: I mean, I went straight to the workforce. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be cool just to have a regular normal job, and, and that's where I went for the furniture factory. Yeah. And I uh, thought, you know what, I can get a job for our furniture factory, and that guy felt sorry for me. So my job was filling up, if you've ever worked in a furniture factory, or know what it's like, the assembly line. Mm-hmm. You have the, everybody stands there where they're glued with their guns, and they got the glue, the glue jars and everything. My job was to fill the glue jars up. Okay. Blue glue everywhere. <clears throat> All over me, no matter what. In a big 50-gallon drum, I'd have to pour the glue in there. Mm-hmm. Well then after that I would get done, I would have to roll in my lap this big milk crate looking thing of glue jugs mm-hmm. and stack them up for the next day. That was my job. Well I realized real quick that if they didn't clean the floors properly I'd run over staples and nails. Mm-hmm. Being in a wheelchair with air in your tires that blew quickly. Be- yeah. So I had no choice. So I went real quick and started learning that, that I had to go back to college. Okay. And then I had to figure out something to do besides just that. Because making $4.15 an hour back then was not enough to pay for wheelchair tax. Mm-hmm. And insurance wasn't going to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So I um, went back to college. And then um, shortly after my second year of college uh, um, in 99, I got offered a job with the federal government. Mm. And I've been there ever since. Wow. So, yes. if, uh, 20 years in, with the federal government this past August was 20 years. Is this like uh, like Jason Bourne? Like, what do you, what do you, uh, like, do your really? say, like, really secretively? Like, <laughs> well, it's, see, I'm not going to a joke. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I actually worked for something. I really can well, walk. Wait, he just got up and walked out of
1: the door. That was just, just really right like, like, what, what the hell? Happened? That, happened? One of those undercover drug jobs that you're supposed to last a month, and it's been 26 years. Yeah, yeah i just really... You the perks ready. are amazing. So the You're
2: perks ready. are amazing. because <laughs> on the front parking spots. <laughs> <laughs> you get to pick a fight with somebody, who's going to get it out of the way? Right? Um, you, know, you get all the hot women in the elevator standing right beside you. I mean, you get it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. but no. Yeah. It's, it's, we've got to get you chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did you go? I, know? I almost yeah. got it a yeah. Yeah. at the
1: Yeah. On the corner? At yeah,
0: the... He's he can walk. He actually gets up when he's done and pushes it back to wherever he's staying Funny. like he's got it just for show. which I you want. know there you know
2: there are really people that have that that that's like they're it's a mental thing they say yeah. like they they, 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 they want to so they want to be disabled well this dude's brilliant I mean he's got a place to sit while he's on the street corner all day
0: long most <laughs> people don't and, and when he's tired he just rolls on off or gets up and walks off with it I mean I mean, it's pretty genius, it, regardless of would, if would yeah, you had mental issues with it or not. But. If you
2: were out on the street corner, you're laughing. <laughs> but if you were out on the street corner begging for money. I'm yeah. just yeah. Jacob, all right? Me and oh, Jacob, Jacob's on one side of the road, standing there with a sign, need money. I'm sitting there yeah. on the side of the road chair going, I need help, I need money. Yeah. And you... Uh-huh or driving through your little bus, but you're not gonna give the money to. you give the guy, you know, what's your money first? Yeah. Right. So you're gonna pull something once, why not? And the guy's got a game <laughs> on Maybe I'll change my, my career path here. Yeah. Figuring you'd uh-huh.
1: probably
2: make a little bit more money yeah. if I don't I don't know. Like a little. Maybe. Right. <laughs> but no, but where uh, were we? We went. Oh, that's a tangent. You're changing so, your you no. college, so you went to college, got a job. <laughs> I started out with the government, and um, once again, it's very vague. Well, for Social Security, I do. I started out as a a kind of a type clerical kind of individual, and after 20 years of of doing, I've moved up in the ranks. And I actually, oddly enough, I take disability retirement claims. So you can imagine, I'm sitting here, you're telling me, you're telling me about about your, you're telling me about your broken toe, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Yeah,
1: okay,
2: let me roll away and get your paperwork up here. (coughs) You know, <laughs> I've got carpal tunnel. Well, I've had five surgeries in the last 10 years. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Tell me about your problem. <laughs> you know, tell <laughs> me. It, it, it can get very interesting real quick. And one of my, one of my uh, other hats for the government is I do the fraud initiative uh, for the metro area where I'm from. So I can, I, pro- I can help prosecute people who fraudulently do stuff for the government. Mm-hmm. Like work on the table or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell them, look, I got caught too. <laughs> well, I'm here, guys. So you have got to pay it back too. So I'm really good at getting money back to the government. So this is the equivalent of washing dishes when you can't pay your food. So, so I mean, it's like I, I, I always tell them, I took the mentality, I can't beat them, join them. I do disability too one time. So I'm working. I've been on both sides of the wall, so I know what it's like. Draw a disability check, I want to go back to work, but you still got to pay it back. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it, my job. is is Twenty years of doing it. It's, it's it's been. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of, a, and experienced a lot of sadness, trying to help people that I can't do anything for. Yeah. Obviously, that it needs help that can't, that didn't work enough to pay in, or, you know, loss of a husband, loss of a wife, loss of a child. I mean, there, stuff like that can get at you kind of harsh. And yeah. so me working out kind of gets away from that every afternoon. Sure. When I leave that eight-hour day of, of typing and talking about people's problems, and I bust up in the gym and back home, and, and all that goes away. All right, so what gym are you working at? Mm-hmm. i CrossFit Men's out in Covington, Georgia. I've been with them uh, for uh, five years now. Sorry, no. CrossFit about uh, five years ago. I was
1: super confused at first when I met you because I thought you worked out here. Maybe everybody everybody worked here. Yeah. But then I was like, you're in Georgia now. You're just traveling. And then when I was in Georgia, I don't think I was too far. Fudge up. that mic in the kitchen. But yeah, and I thought you lived here. So I was like, oh, <laughs> A lot of people kind of
0: just Jacob, because, you have at this podcast. Let me get my voice back can you? No, I'm just laughing because he, he goes on my too. He caught it
2: but you didn't. I, I, I <laughs> did it. I just kept going. I'm
1: professional. I'm not. I'm <laughs> uh, but no, a lot of
2: people think that just because that I've that CrossFit is my second home when it comes for for here. I've been coming here for three years and I come here probably every couple of months. Um, and then I've I've been very blessed to be friends with Rich and the crew. Um, and then, especially Rich, seeing the need for an adaptive program. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what I do with that is I take the Mayhem Athlete program and I modify and adapt it for adaptive athletes.
1: Do you only do that
2: for here, or do you do that oh, like yeah. nationwide? Yeah, I, able to? This, this is my job here. Okay. Um, well, it's a, it's a program and you can buy yeah. into it. Oh. It's the online program, so, where the Mayhem Athlete they, CrossFit Mayhem has multiple different programs, online programs. They have like a, just a basic all the way to the high elite, richest programming. And so I take that programming and I adapt it for people with disabilities, whether you're standing, amputee, uh, paralyzed, uh, multiple limb injuries, like a um, some of the CP, MS, those type of things. So we' they program for. Uh, RX and scale, I do RX, scale, multi limb standing, seating, upper and lower. Wow. That's a whole lot more work at the same time. It's fine. And yeah. it's, it's, you know, because we're sitting there and the cool thing is, is like you have someone who is, <sighs> had hip surgery and they still do CrossFit, mm-hmm. but they can't do jump ropes. They can't do, mm-hmm. they can't do certain things. So it's you're sitting down, you take, you, you break your foot. Yeah, you can't do jump ropes, but you can do other things, and so it's adapting that movement to give the same stimulus, but it's a little different. Between to chat.
1: Yeah, okay. So back up from sorry, let me get closer. So back up from there. Um, what? How did you get into doing sports or getting into CrossFit or into? I know you did something prior to CrossFit too, right? Like
2: I've done a couple of things or something.
1: Yeah. Did you do racing? Yep. I, um, mm-hmm. After I got paralyzed, I started with my aunt. That was not a soccer thing, he told me. <laughs> Whatever, <Sorry.
2: laughs> um, No. Shortly after I got paralyzed, my aunt and uncle were uh, professional powerlifters. They were very competitive uh, in the American Drug Free Powerlifting Association. So, not long after I got paralyzed, I started lifting weights to get stronger. But then, after the 96 Olympics, I was watching an exhibition on TV and I saw what's your ratios in the Atlanta Olympics for an exhibition. So I woke my dad up and they, that, that the night I'm like, I want to do this. He's like, where are we going to find something like this? So back in 1996, we didn't have a computer at home. We go to the library. So we went to the library and typed in wheelchair I Found a, a company in, outside of Atlanta, Georgia that built wheelchairs, and we contacted them. And you um, can't afford to bring a chair, so I'll sell you a used chair, tell me what size you are. So we measured it. And uh, he said, uh, I have this yellow one but I'll sell you for X amount of money if I don't want yell, he says I can paint it purple I have purple paint okay I have purple paint <laughs> so I didn't think much about it being purple so it comes in the mail a couple weeks later and it's this barney purple mm. I got it. Right. it was horrible <laughs> but Boy, I loved it but uh, that's how I started wheelchair racing I just it was something different and I uh, started doing that I raced for 96 up until competitively. Up until oh, six, 8, competitively. And then I still raced home, not on the elite level like I used to, with the travel circuit, the competitive for the money type stuff. because um, after the family and started growing up the kids and stuff like that. 120 miles a week in a chair was just too much with working a forty hour a week job and being family. So it was getting up in the morning at 3.30 in the morning and putting in a marathon before everybody else got out, mm-hmm. got out of the garage and then doing it again in the afternoon. Is there like a stationary yeah. thing? So it was kind of a treadmill, hour, right. kind of, it was, it was very, very similar like a spindle, and you put your backbones on it and you just rode. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was an interval workout, swimming, lifting, it was just, it was a constant. Every day I was I was losing time with my family. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I retired from racing and then um, I got, I was really getting bored with that. And um, I wouldn't do it anymore, I was, I was getting bored. So I found optical racing. And um, nobody was doing OCR racing with, with non-wheelchairs. So I contacted um, the Spartan mm-hmm. racing and said, hey look, can I do one of your races? You've got one coming up in Atlanta area, can I do it? No one's ever done that in a wizard before. Can I try it? Sure, why not?" And so it went up to there and I helped create what is now Spartan has an adaptive, competitive teams. And so we I was one of the first ones who built uh, team-based wheelchair athletics to OCR races. Um, did that for a couple of years, and then I kind of got bored with that. So, just, so I did it, and I got bored with it. So did that, was it team-based because...
0: When you would go through the obstacle, you would, could not do. you would not do it with the wheelchair. Yep. So someone had to
2: meet you at the wheelchair. Correct. That's how the team... Yes, we would like, if I had to go over a, a 12-foot wall, I couldn't, obviously, I couldn't grab it. Mm. So they would help lift me up. I'd pull myself over the wall gotcha. and back and forth. And so we did that for a while. We did some of the challenges. I did the, uh, just, I was the first paralyzed person ever in the Spartan death race. It was, that sounds terrible. It was horrible. 300, and lot of people sign up for it. You go until there's about five percent left. It could be four days, it could be five days. And you completed the bit? No, I lasted 25 hours before I was cut. Then I was treated like an able-bodied athlete. So they took my chair away from me within the first 30 minutes. I had to crawl like three miles. So what? with like a 60-pound rucksack on my back, with clothes and food and stuff like that. So it was it was in Vermont mountains. And it was horrible. But it was fun. It was one of those and things. And you lasted how many hours? Twenty-five hours. Twenty-four and a half without your chair. No, I had my chair at times. Oh. but There, there were times that we part? had to, yeah, in the parts. There were times that we had to uh, create, like, it was, that year was the gambler, I think that year was, that was what it was kind of gone by. Mm-hmm. And every kind of obstacle there was, was, you'd get a token, and you could gamble. You could bet, and I could beat you, or you could beat me. If I lost, I had to do the task. There were times we had to, we had to dig our own graves. There was times. That, oh my gosh, what? Yeah, this? I mean, there was, I mean, it was, it was, it was a really, it was a mental torture, but how far could you go? I mean, at, the, at the end of it, there was a the lot prize you would get would be a skull and you got to keep your jersey. That was it. Hmm. But to get that coveted skull with that anger on it, that was just one of those things. I mean, it's was called death for a reason. I mean, you literally, mentally you had to go somewhere in the dark to do that. And so I did that. Um, I did the, uh, the So hello, oh, I'm not done with this yet <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got more questions around this so how long did the race last like the winter I think it was like 79 79 yeah hours. Something, something like that it was that was like the 25 22. yeah there was uh, I think I was the 26th or 27th person to go out okay so 25 everybody people were out before I was they were was the, there they anybody were, else in a wheelchair doing us 50 you're no, the only person no there was um my, the friend that got me, that agreed to do it with me, uh, because Joe, Desen, the uh, CEO of Spark mm-hmm. dared me to do it. And he, okay. you can't. he said you can't do this. He said if you can last an hour, those are my favorite ones. And that was like, okay. What'd you get <laughs> for an hour? He said he said if you if you can last an hour, oh. you you you've done something. We'll show you more than an hour.
0: like how about if I last over an hour, and you pay for all the rest of my rides that I ever want to do for my lifetime? Well,
2: actually, that happened oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, I have. I have uh, I, yeah, I have a lifetime I have a, I have a lifetime yeah. membership as far as i go really yeah um, but I did that for a while and then uh, anything that was a challenge that someone hadn't done I wanted to do uh-huh. uh, the go Yeah. I, yeah. Was the, uh, I was the first paradise person I the go mm-hmm. I did it in Atlanta, Georgia uh, we crawled all over town mm-hmm. it was the coolest thing I ever done in my life to sit there and have someone who is a, a ranger or a sailor to tell me you've accomplished something I didn't think could be done you know I mean it was cool yeah. to do stuff like that I've done several of those um, there's a mountain in it uh, Stone Mountain Georgia I've crawled on my hands and knees three times for charity uh, it's it's just yeah you're crazy because I mean it's, it couldn't be done so what yeah, do? yeah. Um, I think my most recent crazy accomplishment was I did my world record in uh, 15 that's actually how I found CrossFit the what? No world record okay. I, I pulled the uh, 2016 100 pot of the Lincoln football field in my chair for charity so, and something Okay, you need to describe how this works. <laughs> so you've seen the strongman. Yeah, yeah. So hand over hand. Yeah. That's what I did. Okay. So did okay. they attach you yeah, to something was, so you was, don't have I have a, a harness. Okay. Yeah. So it was like the harness that you see people that are hanging the scalpels. Yeah. yeah. One of those real strong harnesses. Attach it to my back and I take the rope and I just hand over hand. Yeah. And yeah. Hand
0: it. So that did it. Yeah. I was wondering what kind of pulling you, you were doing, whether that was like in the chair pulling you know like, yeah, with but, it attached but, to you yeah. and you're pulling the car, or
2: if you were actually you know. Yeah, yes. the world. I yeah. did it uh, I did it I had actually a, a little sanction not a, not a crossfit crossfit mm-hmm. but it was a, a competition so I did it it was like a halftime show and so I did it and I had always done every year I did Murph yeah. I didn't know I didn't know that was crossfit mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> then I did it on my own time I didn't yeah. it wasn't like wasn't time I just did it when I felt like stop do it when I felt like it, it was never really for time um, I did my world record at this event, I thought it was really cool, and then I got invited to come back uh, in May to do birth. So the first time I did birth was with a 45-pound weight vest, my mat, my, my training mat, strapped to my face, and my, my everyday wheelchair, and two and a half hours later, I did birth. It was brutal. It was the most no. worst thing I've ever done in my life, but I said, not going I do again? Yeah.
1: So how do you adapt that because Murph is pull-ups, push-ups, and
2: squats, and yeah. then a mile run on either side. So mile push,
1: mm-hmm.
2: pull-ups, push-ups, and then I did dips instead of squats, like on a box. So mm-hmm. two arms. Your arms
1: had been crazy.
2: <laughs> yeah, my arms That's the thing that amazes
0: me when I see you doing stuff, like how freaking jacked your arms have to be. Like, mine, I don't feel like I can use for three days just watching you do
2: stuff with your arms. Like, it's unbelievable. And that's the thing. Well, we do everything with our arms. Right. That's, and that's where a lot of the stretching comes in, uh, the warming up for us is a lot. But that's when you have to adapt and figure yeah. out what, that way you're the push-pull movements, that we're not doing the same thing over and over and over. Um, this year when I did birth, I did it in, like, uh, 54 minutes. But I did it with a dip this year. I did it with a 30-pound med ball and did med ball setups. ups So, it's just, we, changing it up, so I mean, you have to figure out the stimulus, because we're doing was doing too much with our, our upper body, mm-hmm. and you go from pushing to pull-ups to push-ups to not do dips. Mm-hmm. It was just too much on my, on my arms, and so a lot of the people that do Murph seated, we changed it up and did this year with med ball setups. ups and I did it with a 20 pound weight vest on top of that. So, 50 pounds. Good, but that's actually how I found CrossFit uh, with the competition, and I thought it was so neat to watch these people putting themselves through all kinds of- Crazy. Nice. Yeah, was like, that's was they're over here gagging and they're in a bucket, and they're throwing up, i do like, I'm going to do this. <laughs> but it was that, just I thought it was so funny, so unique to see how far they would push themselves. And I thought, well, if I push myself in a different way, I don't know anybody to do this, so I started researching and I found there were some other some nuts in the world that was doing CrossFit and mm-hmm. that's where I found the adaptive CrossFit community that's that's that I'm part of today.
1: Now is there games competitive
2: are yes competitors?
1: Yes. Yeah? Um,
2: or do they have a division and an adaptive division? We do, it's uh, uh, Chris Dollenberg from Canada um, created Wheelwide several years ago and we have the Wheelwide games we do the open with everybody else um, but he programs whenever Dave Castro comes out with his with the workout they, you guys get them on Thursday. We get ours on Friday. So he has the, he has that night to program everything to have it for us by Friday afternoon. So you a games uh, athlete too? No. I, I have a <laughs> You are. Um, <laughs> I have um, competed. I've played twice. Um, third my first time and I won it. Uh, In the scale division the last time I went. So I'm an over guy. So i don't have to, I'm, I know where I'm at physically. So I'm okay with it. So you're like a masters adaptive. If 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 there was such, yeah. so, mm-hmm. but I mean yeah, it's, it's water pose is phenomenal. They have a great. That's the one that's in Florida. Yes, they Nine have hours. a great. They treat. They put us on the same level. Mm-hmm. I guess all I can say that as far as any other other the athletes, we get the same credit. Uh, we get through the same workouts, and they're just as hard. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All right, take a
0: little break. Come back and here about what you're up to now. Sure. All right, we'll be right back.
1: That I don't know. So when I, I, I like, we went to a restaurant one day and they didn't have, they saved us a seat, but it was like downstairs. And she's like, I, if, I can't. She's like, I can get up those things, and I can't really get down them. And then they just set us at this like communal table. And I'm like, are you okay with this? She's like, it's fine. And I'm like, okay. But she's super cool. She would have She plays on. Um, um, on the Olympic badminton team, Yeah. she's one of the only character
2: people on the thing. You get used to stuff like that. I mean, you, you, I hate to say you grow cold to it, but you kind of do. It's mm-hmm. it's it, it just becomes part of life, becomes becomes normal. Mm-hmm. The normalcy of people staring, of or people just looking or gawking. It, woo, you know, you just. Depending on my mood, yeah, I might show my butt. I mean, butt. I might act a fool. I can literally see you showing your butt then. That's
1: not. You can see that. I think. What are you visualizing? I'm like, Stop. Of him doing it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is like. Is anybody else's
2: ears just on fire? No, it's just you, guy. It's just the eel coming It's the eel in my ear. What? The that
1: everybody was really weird somebody open water and such to you know me? <laughs> what why
2: yeah, don't sure. if he was staring it's at me sure.
1: the other way. Do I? like it was waiting for it's the short 30 short. minutes yeah. I was like oh we were at 20 minutes uh, <laughs> it just felt like it was getting closer we're closer like <sighs> so <sour>. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like the um what's that movie with the corn like Aliens in the form. Children, no. children? No. sons Yes. Yep. Yeah, there's... I can do it really soon, but Predator. Oh. Predator. Oh. Yeah, predator. Uh, oh, predator. That is what it does. It's
0: <laughs> like I'm listening to one of those uh, EDM things or whatever it's called. Hi, hi.
1: I am about using this. Being closer to the mic, Jacob. going to turn down thing. What are we talking about next? Future? What you're currently working on? Yeah. yeah. Currently doing? What's the working on? Yeah. It's like a rainbow. Um, like a drive-by. Break <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. Let's... Good thing I didn't have of much. <laughs> yeah, it's just recorded super quiet on your voice. Oh, his voice. Really? Yeah. I could hear it just fine, and I thought it was just uh, the way it was recording, but it's. It's just <laughs> like voice. Oh. like.
2: the number right now is just the uh, the sports championship the non-profit um, well the GoFundMe test started cool here we go alright welcome back to
0: the podcast so uh, in the second half of the podcast we're going to talk about whatever you're getting into now whether you own blood or pitch or growl at or burp at whichever you want so so what's going on
2: here? you burp at? <laughs> um, currently right now January I started um, I met a young lady a uh, man that was uh, 12 years old who got recently paralyzed and um where I, when I would go up into South Carolina and train, uh, that's where her gym was. And didn't realize that well, we knew each other, but well, her coach knew me, and then the, they, the father reached out to um, the coach and said, Hey, do you know anything about what your CrossFit? And she was like, Oddly oh, I mean, enough, I do. I know a guy. And uh, that guy was me. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I went to the hospital in the Atlanta area and met her. Um, and just her smile it was just an automatic. What can I do to help? And uh, the dad's like, I want to get her back involved in CrossFit, but I just don't know how. And I left her that day thinking, how can I, what can I do to help her as quick as I can get involved with something that she's used to? Because I know when I got paralyzed, my mind went everywhere from suicide thoughts to just what's my life, what am I going to do? You know, I, I, I didn't want her to go through that. The way that I did. Mm. She can do it on time, but I want her to have something she was used to to help as quick as it could because I've learned if you can get involved with something immediately after something like that, it makes the transition a little easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I reached out to some really cool people and I said, hey guys, I want to raise my money to get this young lady a new sports chair. Can you guys help me? And then, in about 45 minutes, I had enough money raised and then some to get her a new chair. Wow. So I contacted her mom and dad and said, Look, I want permission to do this. Is it okay? Because I just want to do it without their permission. Because mm-hmm. I mean, some people would take offense to stuff like that. Sure, sure. And uh, I said, Don't tell her. This is a surprise. And so, in about a week and a half, I had her a new sports chair ordered and uh, delivered it to her in about two weeks back to the hospital where she was a patient at. And, um, surprise. And uh, I actually got her up here to CrossFit Mayhem during the Open. This year, she oh, nice. got to meet her, and her dad. Got to come up here and do something that no one's ever done before, as far as a dad and daughter, especially just becoming paralyzed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What's the better? What better way to involved in something than put her on people like Ridge? Mm-hmm. You know, Most you know, Yeah. So, to somebody who's not,
1: um, to somebody who's not in a wheelchair and doesn't understand like why you would need special funding for like what's the difference of the wheelchair? What makes it
2: well, special? For a chair for CrossFit, you got to have something that's going to have a stability. Uh, the camber, the wheels have got to be a wider. Um, there's got to be a wheelbar on the back. Because you can imagine lifting overhead 75 pounds, then you lose your balance. You're out backwards. Mm-hmm. The barbell's gonna hit you and hurt yourself. So you want to have something that's going to be stationary. It would be like sitting in a chair with three, with three legs instead of four. So it would be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Some people can do it. It's just not safe. And I thought, what better way to get her back involved as quick as I could, get her a chair that would fit her for that need. And so when I did that, I reached out to these people when we raised the money, because we could, got her a chair, And it sparked my interest to help other people. Mm. And so that's where the Sports Chair Initiative came from. And so I decided I would start at, uh, an Instagram page called the Sports Chair Initiative and a GoFundMe account. And this year, so far, since I started this, I've uh, purchased eight tiers for people so far and raised almost... Uh, $8,000 so far this year. Okay. So, how much does each chair cost? Right now, the company that I was getting chairs through, um, I found just an intermediate kind of a starter chair for about a grand. Um, so, that's not kind of shipping to handle, but it just it gets it started. Mm. And I've been putting some of the bill of my own money to help pay for some of the, the cost of shipping and stuff like that. But, um, talking with the company possibly about making some more chairs or a little more a little better made as far might like my chair uh, to make it a little more custom for a little bit more money and so my goal this year is to, to get four more chairs for the rest of the year I'd like to get 12 people helped for, for 12 months of the year um, next year of course it'll be a different goal but right now uh, that's what I'm going I'm you for. I've, I've got two and a half two and a half months left to get I've got four people in waiting and so uh, I've already picked out who I'm going to help it's just now it's just the funding is coming back mm-hmm, yeah you um, you can either and I've signed on with um, a nonprofit uh, group called More Adaptive. They have a 501c3. They have a tax ID. We actually, you if you're a company, if you want to donate, you can actually get the tax drop right off through that. If you donate through the GoFundMe, obviously there's no tax. <coughs> you can't. But I mean, that's where I, I hate to say it, i pulled up people's heartstrings so far. Mm-hmm. And I've asked, and I'm pleaded for help. You know, and I've kind of worn that out. So now it's just trying to figure out a way to get help to help other people. And it's I, I, I make no I don't make anything to do doing this. It's not, it's just something I want to do. Sure. And it's something that I that I know what CrossFit has done for me as an individual. I know what it has done for me physically to be able to pick things up, pick my six year old up and get something off the top shelf. Like I said, that's a ground overhead movement. Um getting in and out of your chair to be stronger and to have something to look forward to every day um, and the sport was just that much more fun mm. and if I can get someone help by doing that I'll um, go to any link that possibly can So they can just Google GoFundMe and look uh, they up Sports Chair go, Yeah, they can actually go through Instagram if they follow Instagram, go to uh, Sports Chair Initiative um, I have a, an Instagram page for that um, or they can actually follow me at JC Martin Mills and then contact me through that as well but the Instagram is like I said the Sports Chair Initiative and there's actually a link on there <laughs> People were very excited and cheering for you. Yeah, that was <laughs> a little good. going around Corvette. Um, but then, you know, the only thing else that I don't know is just the uh, the Mayhem Adaptive Program that, that we have an online program through CrossFit Mayhem that is uh, basically like I said earlier, it's the, uh, the Mayhem Athlete Elite Programming. It's just I'm uh, modifying, adapting it for adaptive athletes from all walks of life. Mm. So and it's a program you can sign up for. It's an online daily program that I set up every day have those up every night the next day there's uh there's options you can do multiple workouts in one day or you have the one day option you can do goodness so how far
0: in advance do you get what you need to work on in terms of that like
2: how how far off do you get the programming so that you can make it for the adaptive athletes today uh i got next weeks workouts so i already started working on writing it up like i was going on you guys i was actually working on it today Uh and so i kind of look and see what the able-bodied athletes you're doing, and I kind of go back and go, okay, what is it that I can do to this workout to give it the same stimulus? Like for a burpee, mm-hmm. uh, for you guys, obviously a burpee. We can do a modified burpee, I call them burpees. It's just, it's okay. a modified burpee. <laughs> but if you're doing it the same stimulus to make it as fast as efficient for us, it's another movement. we gotta get in and out of our chair. So mm-hmm. we do slam balls. So when you're down on the ground, I'm the slam off on the ground. Mm-hmm. So when you're coming up with your hands over there, the slam ball is above my head, and I'm bringing it back down again. So it's the same stimulus, same movement, same speed as a burpee. similar to same yeah. things. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. What what's what's been the hardest
0: movement that you've had to adapt to do? Like muscle ups. Was, Okay, muscle ups. I, I after five years, I still can
2: do muscle up. Yeah. I can do them like a ring muscle up. But it's extremely difficult. Yeah. There's some people. There's some guys that are in chairs that can do them in their chair this day. Mm-hmm. Zach. Zach. Yeah. Old, yeah. Well, Zach thinks he's five hundred pounds. <laughs> Zach is Zach is an animal in his own right. You've got like guys like Kevin Obar that mm-hmm. can do them. That's been doing it. I, was, but I watched him the other day. Um, Straight press, two hundred ten pounds, sitting in the machine. Yeah. That's, dude, that's just. Bad. Kevin and Zach acting heroes. Yeah. You know, I mean, the guys like that are they able to, to modify those things. Um, sometimes you have to be able to figure out from a scale standpoint. Like for me, if it's a muscle up workout, mm-hmm. I'll do it with a ring dip and then a pull up. Okay. So I split those two workouts. Yeah, yeah. And make it one. Sure. So if it's 15 muscle ups, so I would do. Break down the movements. Yep. Yeah. And so if it's 15 ring dips, I'll do a ring dip and then a pull up. And mm-hmm. then you can do that so yeah,
0: yeah. That's four.. Cool. Man, It's a it's a whole world out there that
2: you know, n- unless you're in you don't know about it. Correct. And it's something yeah. you look at and you, you don't think about a wall ball workout. It's still walls. I'm just not squatting down, I'm still like our wall ball balls are two for one. I can do two wall balls for your one wall ball. Okay. So it's a little over of course. Yeah, I was, was going to ask what the height was. Yeah, I think um, I think RX is eight or nine feet. Yeah, it's scale for now, yeah, okay. scales up seven or eight. Yeah, fourteen by wall. Okay. On average. Yeah. Uh, for our heavy it's twenty. Yeah. yeah so, um, good. So, do you do an RX adaptive and a scaled adaptive? Yes. Yeah, you know, I have for the main program. We do RX adaptive, uh, scaled adaptive, and uh, multi limb adaptive. Multi limb adaptive would be someone who is like advanced or CP. Mm-hmm. Uh, that obviously don't have the use of their legs uh, or have very little movement. And then they're limited to one side of their body. So the weight will go a percentage difference. So you're still getting the same stimulus. You may still do a ground overhead or you may do a push press, um, but the weights are different. Okay. So, you know, I wouldn't expect an RX athlete to do a 95 pound push press as a scaled athlete to do that. I would expect a scaled to do 65 and then a an multiple one to 45 or 55, depending on the person's level. Mm-hmm. So. Ah, very good.
0: I now, mean, I you know, and uh, it, it was a awesome thing to watch you
2: compete uh, for me. Uh, like, it was just phenomenal. Um, that was a fun competition. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that if things go well, I'm hoping that next year that we're going to be able to slide in some more adaptive athletes. Next year. Yeah. I mean, you also go. Are you the only one? Yeah. 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 Uh, That's how we kind of got started, because I was, Saw the competition, I'm like, hey, can I come? Like, we don't have a division. Like, we just compete in the Naval Body Division. Okay. Yeah. And I just, you know, can I get the workouts a week or so in the bands where I can program them? They gave it to me like a week or so. And I sent it back to them and they approved or disapproved the workouts. And I explained to them, "Listen, the listen, how it would work. And they approved it. And yeah. I finished, what, 16th, I think. Out of all those, and yeah, you talk yeah. above
0: me for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah thanks for just agreeing on that. <laughs> um,
2: that one workout that I think I finished second overall. In was the uh, the the deadlift, uh, D ball and uh, the bike. Yeah. 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 That yeah. one was fun. I used a skier instead of the bike, obviously, but yeah. but that one was can't come across that one and then, like I was along the way that I was that fast in it. but <laughs> yeah, everyone was, was dead dead. those work, workouts those movements were in my workouts I love I love the D-balls mm-hmm. I'd take if I'm pressed for time sometimes i like do 100 D-balls for time oh why? Wow. yeah I mean, it's just I something like in the garage what are you doing oh. time is that uh, 7 minutes or so so, I mean, it's, you know, 50% of people just
0: racking it over children. Yeah, really? yeah, just, just doing that, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But, it, yeah right. but it, you know, <laughs> it's like, a punchy right now. Like, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like not even think of a South Park a cripple fight. You know. at <laughs> 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 oh, <goodness>. that. <laughs> 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 that's, oh, my that's what part of the food is for a South Park? Yeah, like a Timmy shirt. Doing bargain. Yeah, yeah. I was a big fan of Mr. Henke, so I think
0: that made people do
1: Do they have one no. no.
2: of No. No, no, no Christmas booth. I have the Golden Girls shirt. The Golden Girls shirt, yes. Mm-hmm. I was, well, I, I wanted to get a, uh, it was in Georgia, but you have a handicap tag and it says Timmy on you. I tried it. Oh, really? <laughs> 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 I just can't even take this. <laughs> I mean, I am, you know, I do joke around, but I do have a handicap and a little tattoo on my leg. So yeah, if yeah. so I ever get down and drive in a the car that doesn't no have handicap, tag on the back of it, you can pull it over by the cops, so and certainly become come tag on the flagger. Thank you. You should have had on the other side, though. No, well, I mean, you've
0: got to come around the other side, you know. Too. <laughs> I learned real quick, laughter was the best medicine. yeah. yeah it's yeah. just, you know. Aside. I absolutely love when people are comfortable with themselves enough to make other people uncomfortable. With sure. You. Like today. Yes. Case in point on <laughs> <and> that <laughs> wall. Flat into that wall. And I loved it. It was fantastic. Um, and
1: I don't know you well enough to be like, ah, that's really funny. I was just like, oh, crap. And then, yeah. Now I feel like we're on a better level. Yes. I like should have had like one big comeback or something. I'll think about it tonight about
2: 2 o'clock when I'm laying there. My six-year-old loves handicap jokes. Yeah? Yeah. He's like, Dad, he said, you were dumb in school. You know, why not? you never understood anything. No. Uh-huh. Jeez. <laughs> As a six-year-old, coming up with his own jokes, i like, I'm a jerk. Yeah. yeah. And it's high-pressing yeah. him. Oh okay. yeah, if it's bumping. Yeah. Mom's like, you guys gotta stop. This. You just
0: got called for Christmas, but well done.
2: <laughs> so
1: what's kind of like a like an overall tying it back together in case you have other questions? Just like what would you say to like somebody who's just entering, you know, the same things that you have gone through, or somebody that's in your younger shoes,
2: or be open for change. Mm-hmm. Um, don't be so close minded. And don't think that that's it. There's so much more out there. Um, life's not over with it just oversetting down. Mm. My life just began when I got somewhere, I got paralyzed. I was 16 years old. I I, I hadn't even really started to live a real life yet. Um, so I'm not, I've spent, you know, over half my life in this position, but I've done more se- seated than I would have than I I'd have standing. Mm. You know, I it, it's a different perspective. Um, my glass has always been half full, you know, kind of so sweet, but after I got paralyzed, it was the water tasted better. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess, like I said, just be open. Be open for change. Understand that there's going to be limitations. There's going to be challenges, but make those challenges worth it. Make those challenges fun. And um, experience life. Those are the, the biggest things I can I tell anybody the young lady that I talked to. I said it's, it's your life's not over. It's gonna be different. It's gonna be completely different. But, you know, it's like oh, you know, it's just it's one of those things that it is what it is. You know, I mean you don't you don't really have a say so when things like this happen. You know, you, you do, you are looking wrong. you do have a say so of what you do afterwards. But when it happens, you can't say well I don't have a car right today. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You can't expect to not spill glasses over. You can't expect to spill coffee on your, your lap. It, those things are just going to happen. But it's how you handle it is how your life goes. And like I said, I think if it's just, you'd be open for change. And, and, and expect things like that to change because it's,
1: otherwise, you're going to be miserable. Right. I mean, you literally would be just as piss poor
2: individually, nobody wants to be around. I, I couldn't, I, I just, no, I gotta be around people. I like being, I like talking too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what would you say to people,
1: like, able-bodied people, or like, what, like, if, like, blah, blah, how am I trying to say this? And I'm super echoing. But what would you say as far as, like, like me being intimidated to come to talk to you, or something like that?
2: Like, what would you say to other people, like, Basically it, you're it's a no, big ass person. So. It's no different than someone looking at somebody else and looking at the beautiful. You're gonna be intimidated just you being you're you're, you're, you're gonna see you no matter what, there always gonna be something different. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm sitting down doesn't mean that I don't that I'm not that I'm not different than I'm the same as you. You're just you're standing, I'm seated. Would you have had trouble? Talking to me if you didn't know I was a wheelchair, I was just sitting on a bench. Probably because you were like a tattooed up ass. I was like sitting over there doing a jump rope. So yes. But no, no, no. But what I'm saying, that, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if I was just sitting on a bench at a park and no wheelchair was there, would you have had more difficulty speaking to me, looking the way I do, or sitting in a wheelchair? Not doing anything specific, just sitting there, would you have thought different, or would you just bypass me? You would have bypassed me more than likely. You would have been so as a guy, and what guy just had to even keep on walking. Mm-hmm. But the wheelchair caught your eye. Mm-hmm. You saw something different. And that's, that's the key. It's a difference. Don't let that difference stop you from learning people. Mm-hmm. Just like you drive a bus. <laughs> for for an hour or a half. <laughs> but what, I'm saying, but what I'm saying though, you, people ask today, "Oh man, I'm going to bless my life? <laughs> but I mean, it's it's approach people just like you want to be approached. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's 99.9% of us are going to be like, "Hey, how are you doing?" We don't see this. It's part of us. It's made us who we are. It's just an extension of our life. It's like having kids. It's just an extension part of our life. That's just part of who we are. Um. The chair may be who I am, so to speak, because of what happened to me. But the the chair doesn't identify who I am. You know what I mean? But it does to an extent because without the chair, where would I be? Mm -hmm. You know, where where would my life be if I hadn't got paralyzed? Would I even be in this world today? I don't know. So I think to be able to approach someone in a a different light, whether they be famous, whether they be Popular, or unpopular, whatever. Just approach them. If you have a question, ask. You know, I mean, what's no. the worst can happen? I can bite your head off, and you feel <laughs> bad for thirty minutes, and you forget about me the next day. That is not true. That will haunt me the rest of but my no, life. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but that's what I'm saying. I right? too. <laughs> in, 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 in real life situations, you know, if you approach someone, if, if they're cold to you, the same the person that was cold to you in the grocery store yesterday, are you really won't remember them in a the week. Mm-hmm. No. You're not really going to remember that. So, take that. <laughs> no, okay, no, okay. no. No. But, but what I'm saying, though, is, is take the time to learn something. Yeah. It's okay. Just say, hey, you're not here a I think your tattoo's are kind of cool. What is this thing you're sitting in? I've literally watched her do that a handful of times.
0: She is just, an awkward turtle, and I love it. I'm just
1: obsessed with people's stories because yeah. everybody has one. And, yeah. Like, yeah. and if it's something that's different than me, I'm just, like, intrigued by it. And And I like the beauty of it. I don't think it's, like, it's not scary. It's not, and um, I just want to know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, anything else for me? I'm All right. You want to follow this cat? Go to uh, at
0: Chasing Michael Mills. Um, also, you can uh, look for his blues name, uh, Willie Jones, or you can check out and Google uh, Sports Chair Initiative, right? Correct. Except
2: through Instagram as well for the Sports yeah. Chair Initiative. So.
0: Yeah. So all the places.
2: Alright, well thanks for listening and thanks for being here. Mike. Thanks guys, I appreciate
1: everybody. Right.
0: Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. On your way out, please take time to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star review if you've liked what you've heard. And also, leave us a comment. Let us know what's going on with you. If you don't mind, stop on Instagram. Give us a little like on the IG at Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Also, you can find me there at fitby40.blog. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.